Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of the Sunday Soother Advice Cast. And this is a mini podcast that comes out once a week on Sundays, where I tackle your questions about how to um, invite more meaning into your life in a practical and tangible way. Um, I'm Catherine Andrews. Again, I'm your host. I guess is what you call yourself, a writer and editor. I live in Washington, D.C., which is such a cool, fun place to be right now. Um, And I am the author of the Sunday Soother newsletter, which you may be a reader of. It is a weekly newsletter that talks about practical ways to invite more spirituality and meaning into your life. So today is the second episode of this advice cast, and we're going to tackle a couple of great reader and listener questions. Um, I would love if you went back to the very first episode of this advice cast, which I put up Um, last week. And we tackled some pretty heavy questions there, too. We talked about um, sort of letting go of shame and uncomfortableness around being single later in your life and practical yet spiritual and meaningful ways to deal with the all-encompassing millennial burnout. So this week, I am taking questions from two different readers. Um, The first one is a reader who can't quit their phone. And another is a reader who wonders, what is the point of morning pages? And don't worry if you don't know what morning pages are. I will be getting into that. But first, I've got a couple of requisite housekeeping items. Um, Every Sunday, this podcast, which is a podcast and a Facebook video series, drops. And we... um, I don't know why I said we. It's like literally just me and my computer and this giant microphone. Um... I answer questions from readers. And if you want your question to be featured here, there are several ways to submit one. Um, You can go to the uh, Tiny Letter page for my newsletter. That's tinyletter.com slash candrews. And there is a link to anonymously submit your questions there. You can email me at kathdandrews at gmail.com. Or you can submit submit a voicemail to 202-525-6558. Or if you happen to be watching this on Facebook and you feel like it, go ahead and drop your questions in the comments below. Okay, sorry, I had to burp there. Let's get to it. So our first listener writes this. I am totally addicted to the internet and my smartphone. I can usually keep it under control when I'm socially engaged. I don't feel tempted to pull out my phone when I'm at a dinner or coffee with people I care about. When I'm alone... It's another story. I can barely tolerate five minutes in line or walk outdoors with my dog without a sneaky look at my phone. I think about it in terms of respect. When I'm with others, I try to show them attention and respect by giving them my full attention. How do I show myself the same respect by devoting my attention to the solo activity, a book, nature, cooking, rather than the siren call of Twitter and texts? I've tried a lot of internet blocking apps with some success, but I can't shake this feeling that I might be missing something important if I don't check in. Um, Well, thank you so much for your question. You sound like a really nice person because, you know, you've already mastered one of the issues, which is you don't use your phone in social engagements. All my friends are apparently assholes because they are always looking at their phone when they're with me. Um, But I'm going to break my answer into two parts. First, I'm sort of going to address some of the concepts I think you raised, whether intentionally or not, in your question and how to deal with those. And then I am going to end on a few practical ideas, resources, and steps you can take that I think will truly address this problem for you. Um, And one I wanted to say, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, you are not the only person in society far from it who deals with this problem. We are up against multi-bazillion dollar corporations with bazillions I don't know why I'm so into the word bazillions, but bazillions of engineers whose literally their only job is to capture our attention on um, our phones. And we're just one person. So, you know, you can't feel too bad about the fact that 
you are having some issues with your phone. So I ask that you sort of give yourself permission to not feel too bad and not beat yourself up around it. Um, It's a really, really tricky problem. And I think all of society is struggling with this right now. Um, Second, I'd like to sort of identify a name for what I think of as phones and a lot of other things in our society. And I think of them sort of as numbing agents or agents of disconnect. Um, You know, and these are items, they could be your phone, they can be alcohol or drugs, they can be TV shows, um, they can be social media apps like Instagram or Twitter, Twitter. And, you know, you start off thinking that they're sort of fun, but they can often spiral into um, sort of muting your self. And I call them agents of disconnect because I think they help um, sort of enable a disconnect um, of your body, of your mind and your soul. So what I'm saying there is that, you know, we're sort of in tune more with these agents. You know, we're more in tune with our phone than we might be with our actual bodies or state of minds. Um, And what I'm going to try to do in answering your question is sort of help you phrase um, or think about it rather in a way that you can get back in touch with your mind and your body and your spirit or soul and not be so in touch with your phone. You know, it sounds like you're a little bit more in touch with your phone and its mechanisms than you might be with yourself right now. And I think that could be part of the issue at hand. So some parts of your question stood out to me, in particular, um, these two phrases. One, I can barely tolerate. And two, I can't shake this feeling that I might be missing something important if I don't check in. So I really think our assignment here is to get yourself back in touch with your mind, body, and spirit and try to understand um, what you're finding difficult to tolerate when you are alone with your thoughts. And I don't think um, your phone is necessarily the problem. I think the issue at hand is that you um, can't tolerate, that you can't shake this external feeling that there is something you're sitting with that um, your phone is merely the way that you're sort of escaping that uncomfortable feeling. So it's not necessarily that you're too addicted to your phone. There might be something um, within your body, mind, or spirit that is really coming up that you're trying to run away from a little bit. So um, let's tackle this together in a few ways. So first, I want to read a quote from this book that I talk a lot about on um, this advice cast and on my Instagram. The book is called Soul Without Shame. And I wish I had it on me. I'd show you a copy um, for the video viewers here. But uh, the author says this, any process that controls you gets much of its power from being unconscious. So I think that's a really powerful statement. Um, When we can make the unconscious conscious and name and observe what is going on, Um, that is a first step in sort of gaining back connection to ourselves and understanding why something like a phone might have such sway over us. So, you know, we need to work together on naming the effects the phone is having on you as they are happening. So that's the first thing. Sort of remember that we're going to work on making the unconscious conscious together. And second, we're going to reframe this narrative for you. I'm a big fan of reframing the narrative just means of looking at something from a different angle, right? Um, I don't think you need to punish yourself out of, you know, you don't need to punish yourself about looking at your phone. Um, and you don't need to feel bad about it. And you don't need to be like slapping yourself on the wrist every time you look at your phone. Um, I want to reframe this whole endeavor a little bit more positively. Instead of 
thinking of this as a project to get you off your phone and get you using your phone less, let's think of this as a project to reconnect with yourself, reconnect with your mind, your body, and your spirit. And I do think decreased phone usage will merely be a side effect of sort of that new narrative about this project of reconnection with yourself, right? So let's think about it as we're going to take some steps to think about how you can reconnect with yourself. We're not necessarily taking steps about how to get you off your phone. So um, those are the two concepts. Our job here is twofold. And I know it is easier said than done. Um, How do we start to move the phone's power over you from unconscious to the conscious? And then how do we think about reconnecting with yourself? Well, I have some ideas. And I feel like an evil professor rubbing my hands together for some reason. Um, For naming the power of the phone and moving it from unconscious to the conscious, there is a meditation on mindful.org that I'm going to recommend to you. And I will link it in the show notes and in the Facebook comments. It is a meditation practice around being mindful with your phone. And it goes like this. And I'm just going to read straight from the meditation, but you can access it later. So sit comfortably in an upright posture with your phone, okay, in the palm of your hand, which you can rest gently on your lap. And you want to keep your eyes open for this meditation. So turn your phone on, but don't open any particular app. You know, go to your home screen and just let your thumb hover over the top of the screen. Take in a full deep breath into the belly. And let yourself really feel this breath and how it feels in your stomach and your chest and your throat. And for at least a couple of minutes or more, practice breathing and the sensations of your breathing. And feel the breathing even though you're looking at your phone. And if your mind drifts towards your phone or some other things, that's fine. Just remember, let's come back, as always, to the breath. And then next, you sort of notice any of the following, right? If they're arising for you, um, try to notice what your feelings are. Is it eagerness to touch an app? Is it frustration? Are you feeling restless or suddenly sleepy or anything like that? Um, Try to keep your awareness to the breath and some physical sensations that you might be noticing and try to name the physical sensation. And then notice, is there any impulse drawing your thumb to the finger of a particular app to check your email or to do something else on your phone? And is there a want showing up in you? And just try to notice that pull, right? What is it? What app are you sort of feeling drawn to? And don't feel bad about it. Just notice it. Observe it as it comes up. You know, it'd be like, my thumb is like immediately going to my Instagram app. And, oh, I see a new notification. And I really want to go check that notification. Don't do it. But go ahead and just sort of notice that want. And again, name it. And then note, is there something about your phone that's making you feel a particular way right now? Are you reminded of someone or something? Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling angry or tired? Um, Are you feeling a little annoyed that you're not supposed to be opening your phone right now, even though it's right in front of you and not supposed to be using it? And then try to name the restlessness that might come up for you and just feel that energy and sort of Note it as it moves through your body. And then there are a few more steps in the meditation. I won't go through all of them, but I think it's worth doing the practice with your phone. And 
the powerful things that are there is that as you're holding your phone and breathing, you're starting to name, observe, notice some of the feelings that are coming up that might be associated with your phone. And the reason that's powerful, again, it's helping move the unconscious to the conscious. So the reason the unconscious can be so powerful is that we're just, we don't even know that it's happening, right? Like we're not even thinking about it. It's not named. It's not um, intentional. It's really just, we're sort of on autopilot doing it. But when you start to name and notice and observe some of the sensations and thoughts that come up and you move them into the power of the conscious, right? You are naming them, um, which is giving you some sort of control over them. You're observing them. You're noticing them as you're coming, um, as you're coming upon them. They're not on auto, you're not on autopilot anymore, frankly. That's the best part of it. So, you know, you might feel shame. You might feel anger. You might feel restlessness. Um, you might feel some sort of power over your phone. You might feel something coming up that you want to distract from by looking at your phone. So it doesn't matter what comes up. There's no right or wrong thing that should be coming up. Just that something probably is coming up and it is important for you to notice and name that. And so the next thing I'm going to recommend is a meditation by Tara Brock, who is a really excellent, uh, meditation person lady. Um, she has a body scan meditation that I'm going to link to in the notes. And it's just a 10 minute guided meditation that's going to help you notice feelings that are going on in your body. And I think these two meditations are incredibly important because they're going to kickstart you into a reconnection with your own feelings, emotions, and body. Um, they're both about just 10 minutes. So hopefully you can do them at least a couple of times a week. Um, and think of it as not like you're doing these meditations to get away from your phone, but you're doing these meditations to write, try to reconnect with what your body is feeling like and sort of what your mind and emotions are feeling like. And um, I talked about this a little bit more, but one of the last things I'll recommend here before moving into more tangible resources is the powerful practice of observation. I really think that each time you reach for your phone, you should go ahead and open the notes app and, um, write down a word that is what you're feeling or a thought that comes up. And then you're sort of going to start to notice the feelings or thoughts that are coming up um, and that you are trying to avoid those particular feelings and thoughts by reaching for your phone. So again, it's the power of sort of naming the unconscious into the conscious and just becoming a little bit more aware of the feelings and things that are coming up in you that you are having problems tolerating right now and turning to your phone to distract from. So, you know, reach for your phone as often as you like. I'm not going to tell you not to reach for your phone. I don't want us to move into a punishing mode around the phone because what happens when you reach for your phone and then you feel shame and um, sort of self-loathing about reaching for your phone, then you get more anxiety and more shame and more emotions that are stirring up um, that you might not want to sit with either, which is going to lead you to try to use your phone more, right? So you reach for your phone as often as you want. All I'm asking is that you sort of note, observe what is coming up as you're reaching for your phone and try to write it down. Um, but don't feel bad when you reach for your phone. Just don't feel bad. And I'm going to give you one little homework assignment. Um, one phone-free dog walk a day. You are blessed with an agent of connection instead of an agent of disconnect in the form of your dog, which is great. Um, leave your phone at home just once a day, not every time you walk your dog. And maybe go a different route than you normally would walk your dog to. And just try to observe, you know, like, is it cold out? What does your body feel like? Have you, did you see a new tree or plant that you've never noticed before? Um, wave to your neighbors. Sort of try to notice what you're seeing and you're feeling on that walk. And, um, you know, just don't bring the phone with you. And I think that will start to be sort of a powerful practice for you and also getting more in touch with your surroundings and the observations that you're making around your surroundings. 
And then lastly, there's one other super tangible thing I would like you to do. Um, This is a resource from Gretchen Rubin, who is basically like a personal hero of mine. She, um, I call her like sort of the Martha Stewart of like life hacks and happiness. Um, She has a great quiz about the four tendencies. And she says the four tendencies are the four um, sort of ways that uh, people, the groups that people fall into when they're trying to make habits and stick to them. Um, There are... Uh, rebels who like can't stick to any habit. That's me. There are obligers who can stick to goals and habits when other people expect them to do so, but cannot stick to their own goals. There are upholders who can basically do anything, whether they tell themselves to do it or somebody else tells them to do it. And there are questioners, people who need to understand sort of the logic and the efficiency behind a habit or a decision before they actually commit to it. So I'd like you to Google this quiz. It's called the Four Tendencies Quiz and take it. And the reason I'm asking you this is because you said you had no problem um, not looking at your phone with friends, which makes me think you might be an obliger, um, somebody who can easily respond to those outer expectations and goals, but has problems sticking to their own goals that they set for themselves. And then go ahead and read some of the recommendations. You know, find out what you are. You might not be an obliger, but if you are, um, either way, you'll learn more about the way that you can more easily stick to habits and goals for yourself. And um, Gretchen Rubin has a ton of great books around it. She's got Better Than Before, The Four Tendencies. She's got a lot of resources on her blog. So go ahead and you might spark some ideas on how to improve your relationship with your phone and stick to it from there. And finally, I swear this is the last thing. I have written two blog posts in the past. Um, One is called The Comprehensive Guide to Actually Taking a Proper Social Media Break. And the second is called The Danger of Passive Consumption on Social Media and How to Break It, both of which I will link to in the show notes and in the comments. Um, And I do think these offer some incredibly sort of tactical things, apps, methods on your phone, sort of like I suggest mass unfollowing on Twitter and Instagram and how you can do that which I know is scary, but it's really important, or how to remove notifications, Um, a few other strategies, even though I know you've said that you've used some apps and they haven't super helped, but just in case you want them, they are going to be out there. Um, So this is the TLDR, the too long didn't read part of the uh, total advice segment here. Your phone is an agent of disconnect. Your project is not to punish yourself for being on your phone, but to embark on a narrative of reconnecting with your mind, body, and spirit with, I think, the outcome that you probably will use your phone less because I think you are using your phone right now to distract yourself from some feelings and emotions that are very hard for you to tolerate. Um, I've given you a few good meditations that will hopefully help you do that. And just remember that it's also important to note and observe the feelings you have as you reach for your phone, because overall, what we're trying to do here is make the unconscious conscious and or to name the unconscious and reclaim some of that power so that we can be more mindful about why we're doing the things we're doing. So good luck. Please write me back and let me know how it goes and if anything um, worked for you. And listeners, if you have uh, ideas or thoughts about how you've gotten off your phone, please um, go ahead and email them to me at kathdandrews at gmail.com because I would love to share them with the audience. This is one of the questions I get sort of the most in the Sunday Soother universe. People's relationship to their phones is very complicated. Um, all right. So our next and last question is from a reader all about a beloved practice of mine. Um, It's called Morning Pages. The reader writes this. I'm wondering about Morning Pages. I've been at this about a month and I have found a good rhythm, but I'm not sure why I'm doing this. Do you get work done during this time? Or are you offloading what's foremost in your mind to do work later? I'm enjoying this fine, but I wonder what benefits other people gain from this practice. Okay, this is a great question. Um... 
Morning pages, I think, are an incredibly valuable tool for anybody who is sort of looking to reconnect with themselves a little bit. Um, so I'm going to give first an overview of what they are and why I think they matter. Um, so morning pages are a practice from the book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And The Artist's Way is a super fabulous book. Um, it's a great book about reconnecting with your creativity and spirit and your inner artist. And by the way, you do not have to consider yourself like a creative or an artist to enjoy the practices in this book. Um, and I should also say that I do think we all are artists and creatives. You know, we're all working on expressing some part of ourselves into the world. Um, you know, we're not talking like literal painting, art, or music here, just creation of stuff that matters to you. So morning pages are the cornerstone of Cameron's approach to reconnecting with her inner creative or artist, and she defines them as such. And I'm going to go ahead and read her definition. It's on her website. Morning pages are three pages of longhand, that means writing by hand, for those of you who have not used a pen in a long time, longhand stream of consciousness writing done first thing in the morning. There is no wrong way to do morning pages. They are not high art. They are not even writing. They are about anything and everything that crosses your mind and they are for your eyes only. Morning pages provoke, clarify, comfort, cajole, prioritize, and synchronize the day at hand. Do not overthink morning pages. Just put three pages of anything on the page and then do three more pages tomorrow. Okay, so to me in particular, morning pages are a few different things. One is sort of like a warm up for your brain to feel more awake and more alive, right? So, um, you know, when you're running a marathon or about to go do a, you know, some sports ball or whatever, you, you jog around, you stretch, like it's a little bit of a warm up. You wouldn't just jump right into that marathon. So morning pages is something that sort of clicks your brain open so that you can start thinking um, and articulating stuff for you in a little bit more efficient way. Two, I think they're a great way to clear emotions and thoughts that are taking up brain space and sort of offload them onto the page, which gives you more spaciousness in your mind to think about really important ideas that might come up. And three, I think of them as an excavation tool. So what I mean by that is stream of consciousness is sort of like you're digging deep, right? Like you're just writing whatever is coming up. And as you're doing that excavation of morning pages and putting the thoughts onto the page, you are going to be discovering things about yourself and you are going to be sparking new ideas for your creative projects or whatever else you're working on. Um, I always like Stephen King's anecdote from his excellent book called On Writing. And this is him talking about writing as an excavation tool. So I'm going to quote from him. When, during the course of an interview for The New Yorker, I told the interviewer that I believed stories are found things, like fossils in the ground, he said that he didn't believe me. I replied that that was fine, as long as he believed that I believe it. And I do. Stories aren't souvenir t-shirts or Game Boys. Stories are relics, part of an undiscovered pre-existing world. The writer's job is to use the tools in his or her toolbox to get as much of each one to get as much of each one out of the ground intact as possible. Sorry, I sort of botched the end there, but I think it's such a beautiful sentiment. So morning pages are simply a way to uncover more about you, right? You're clearing space, you're cluttering, you're warming up your brain, you're excavating. They're a toolbox to access your own personal stories, your own meaning, what is going on in your spirit and soul. Um, I do think it's really important to address one comment or sort of a word that you used twice in your question. And I think it is a little bit revealing. You ask, do you get work done during this time? Or are you offloading what's foremost in your mind to do work later? 
You're focusing a lot on work, right? And this goes back to a topic I addressed in last week's Sunday Soother Advice Cast, where I talked about how productivity has become a core part of many people's identity. So I encourage you to think about, you know, why did you tie in morning pages automatically to work, to doing more work, to like getting stuff out of the way so you can do more work later? And to ask yourself the question that I bring up in last week's podcast, which is, who are you without the doing? Okay, who are you without your work? Warning pages are not work. I mean, they actually do, I think, have the side benefit of making work easier because it's clearing your mind and like revealing a lot of great ideas and encouraging creativity. But morning pages are really a way of doing deep connection to yourself, to your thoughts, to your expressions, to your ideas, to who you are, to who your essence is. Um, And they are not about work. You know, they're not really about making work better, even though that may be a side benefit. They are about you and figuring out who you are and who you are without that work. So please continue them. I think it is awesome that you've gotten into a rhythm with them, which can be like the hardest part. Um, But don't consider them as a function for improving the work you do. Consider them a way to support your life and soul and find out more about yourself. And I actually would encourage you to journal on your relationship to work and productivity during your morning pages. Ask yourself, who am I without the doing? Ask yourself, you know, what is, how would I describe my relationship to work? And I think you're going to find a lot of interesting stuff there. So good luck. And thank you so much for asking your question. I really appreciate it. Okay, so that's it for today's Sunday Soother Advice Cast. If you have questions or advice and ideas for the topics we discussed um, on today's show or stuff you want to talk about otherwise, please email me at kathdandrews at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 202-525-6558 or head to tinyletter.com slash candrews to submit them anonymously. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for submitting your questions. And here's to living the week ahead with lots of thoughtfulness, mindfulness, connection, and intention. And I'll talk to you all soon.